Welcome to Changing Academic Life. I'm Geraldine Fitzpatrick, and this is a bite-sized related work podcast where we pick up on a single idea from literature and experience that may provide some insights or tips that will help us change academic life for the better. So welcome to the first Related Work bite-sized podcast. So you know that every academic paper has some section on related work or a literature review section that draws out interesting other research that's relevant to the topic at hand. So the, we can imagine that the topic of our paper here is about changing academic life to be more sustainable and collaborative and effective. And so in these bite-sized podcasts, I, I want to pick up on a research article or some evidence-based theme complemented by some personal anecdotes as they make sense that might offer some insights to feed into this agenda of changing academic life. We might call these our implications for design, designing the academic life we want and need both individually and collectively and designing that change at personal levels, at collective levels, at institutional and structural levels. So in this first related work, uh, I want to pick up on the fact that it's the new year. And one of the things that we commonly hear about in the new year is about making new year resolutions. And good luck to you if you're one of the small percentage of people that can make a resolution and keep it. I'm not. And there are various figures reported in the literature about um, – 10 to 40% of us or so uh, who make New Year's resolutions don't, don't, get, don't keep them in the longer term. And I think this gives our perfectionist selves just one more reason to beat up on ourselves when we fall short because these resolutions often tend to be all or nothing type of goals. So resolutions might make more sense when they're focused and, you know, smart, the acronym specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, time-bound. I think one of the big lessons for me from 2020 was just how little we can actually control. And we know that the world remains at this time highly volatile and unpredictable and so really uncontrollable. So what I'm going to try instead is having a theme for the year. And my theme for 2021 is about being the year of being bold. For me, this encapsulate, encapsulates aspects about being brave, um, vulnerable, stepping up, even when I'm a little bit unsure, putting myself out there. Because I have a tendency to not do that, to always be cautious, to over-prepare or to be worried about failing. And so it will really be about being brave. And this is important for me as a theme against the broader backdrop of wanting to make a difference. And I know that sounds all very vague and aspirational, I think I've mentioned on other podcasts that as I especially get to the pointy end of my career, and we have fixed retirement ages in Austria, 
I'm asking myself, how can I best use my strengths and experiences and, and passions to have the biggest impact on, especially on helping to change academic life to make it better? So, uh, for me, being bold provides a sort of anchor or north star for then for making choices. And starting this bite-sized related work series um, is uh, something that has come out of this thing of being bold because I have no idea how it's going to land, if it will make sense, if it will connect um, or how it will work. So I guess starting this related work is sort of like my New Year resolution in a way, but it's more about achieving the larger purpose I just mentioned. I think being bold for me will also play out in being bolder about what I say yes and no to. Um, it will also be about it trying other new things. And that means giving myself permission that it will be a learning process. So it's never going to be perfect. It's always going to be okay to be doing better. And this connects to some work in the literature that looks at goal setting and talks about how uh, the the focus on um, just just having goals like smart goals often don't work on their own and you can actually do better if you combine both what they call what um, Hirschley, Brugger and Mesner uh, call uh, superordinate as well as subordinate goals. So in their paper, and I'll put links to these on the on the podcast webpage. A superordinate goal is is more abs is a goal that's more abstract. Um, it connects to your why and or or some broader long term challenge. And then the subordinate goals become the much more specific, concrete, challenging, actionable ways that you might achieve or or move towards that broader abstract goal. So an example might be a, a superordinate goal might be being the the healthiest I can be. And then you know, a subordinate goal might be that I'm going to start exercising and being very specific about what I'm going to do and when and how I'm going to do it. So, you know, you, we might think about the theme then in some way as sort of like a superordinate goal. And then what might be some of the specific ways that that plays out, your subordinate goals. Um, Swan has also done research on goal setting and, and Swan talks about performance goals, uh, not just being performance goals where we can set these sort of smart uh, criteria, but also um, looking at learning goals. And I love the idea of learning goals because they're goals that are about seeing how well I can do sort of goals. Um, so rather than saying, you know, as a goal, I'm going to run 5K in less than 20 minutes, a more open goal might be I'm going to see how much faster I can run the 5K. So I'd also encourage us then to think about these sort of more open goals, these more learning goals, because of all years, of all times, we need to take the pressure off ourselves. We need to 
well, I need to connect to something that's, you know, to you know, recognizing what's important and what I care about and, and think about doing the best I can in the circumstances that we have right now. And I love the idea of the superordinate goals that sort of set the broad theme or broad direction. And then just having open learning goals that just says, we'll do what we can and it's okay. Whatever we do will be good enough. And we can go through a whole reflection cycle and so on and so on. But take the pressure off ourselves. So I'll put links to the two papers that I've mentioned on the web page and ask, you know, what might be the implications for design for your academic life of this? What will you think about as your theme for the year? How are you going to take the pressure off yourself um, where you still might want to encourage and challenge yourself, but give yourself a break right now about doing whatever you can right now in the circumstances? And just to illustrate that I won't get everything right, uh, when I talked about learning goals, I should have referenced Winters and Latham, who first uh, came up, or one of the early people who came up with this concept in 1996. And the paper I'm going to share with you, though, is by Christine Swan and colleagues, where they're up, they talk about updating goal-setting theory and doing a critical conceptual review. So welcome to 2021 and whatever you're going to make your year. You can find the summary notes and related links for this podcast on www.changingacademiclife.com. You can also subscribe to Changing Academic Life on iTunes and on Stitcher and you can follow Change Acad Life on Twitter. And if something connected with you, please consider sharing this podcast with your colleagues or discussing the ideas together so that we can widen the conversation about how we can do academia differently.